We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Well, welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Norm Hightower, Assistant Managing Editor and Co-Owner of Rams Talk, joined today by Steve Ribeiro, one of our staff writers. And we have a special guest today, James Johnson. He's the Managing Editor of USA Today's Jags Wired. James, welcome aboard. How you doing? Good, gentlemen. How are y'all? Great. Doing great. Good, Glad good. to be here. So, Thanks for having me on, by the way. Oh, it's uh, great to have you on. It's been a while since we've talked. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty exciting year for both our teams. Uh, it's been interesting how the Rams and the Jaguars both have been, you know, kind of struggling the last few years or, or longer. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now all of a sudden, you know, they're both, uh, they're both three and two. They're, they're both uh, either leading or tied for the division lead. And they're being talked about a lot on, on ESPN and, and all the shows on TV, you know, and a lot of people are questioning, are these two teams legit? So, James, why don't you tell me what you think of your Jaguars this year? Yeah, I think, well, really what has helped them this year is that they are playing to their potential on defense. And, and for years, they've been accumulating talent through the draft and free agency due to them being a, a very bad team. They've been drafting high in the top five, mostly 
uh, within the last five years, last half a decade, and they've had an abundance of cap space. And um, kudos to their their general manager, Dave Caldwell, for uh, you know using that cap space wisely, using it in, in the correct manner, as well as uh, drafting well with his top three picks. So over the course of time. Uh, especially these last two to three years specifically, they've added some some very good talent. So they've added guys like Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson through free agency, A.J. Boyer. And then in the draft, you look at what they got. They've gotten guys like Miles Jack and, and Jalen Ramsey, Dante Fowler, Yannick Ngakwe. So, you know, you, you got to give props to the front office for what they've been able to add to the team, especially defensively over the course of these years. And that's what's really helping propel the Jaguars to where they are now in 2017. Looking at their statistics and defense, they're, they're right up at, right up at the top. And, you know, obviously turnovers have made a big difference and scoring on defense has made a big difference with you guys. You know, I think you guys are rushing for like 165 yards a game right now. So, Tell us what's uh, what's being successful there. Yeah, with, with the offense, they they've been successful with, as you said, rushing the ball. They're number one in the league in the category, and they average for as you said, 165 yards, point two, and also in points, they they've gotten a lot of points out of their offense. Surprisingly, uh, this year they're fifth in that category, uh, 27.8 points is what they're averaging and a lot of that you know is because the, the defense gives them such good field position to where Blake Bortles and company you know they get the ball midfield and take advantage of it so kudos to the offense for taking advantage of you know what the defense has given them and um, yeah Leonard Fournette is, is the guy offensively and I, I was skeptical about taking a running back that high in the draft uh, but you know, in Tom Coughlin's defense and, and Dave Caldwell's defense, you know, they felt that if they could get somebody of Fournette's caliber in terms of a running back, it would help them to camouflage, if you will, Blake Bortles' flaws. And so far, it's been successful. So far, it's worked. And, and uh, without a doubt, Leonard Fournette is the go-to guy now on offense, kind of like you guys have in Todd Gurley, as he has scored at least once in all of the first five weeks uh, worth of games. So, you know, I can't say enough about how much he's been a workhorse and what he's brought into this equation. Can we just point out real quick that it is mind-blowing that this game is between the second-highest scoring team in the league versus the fifth-highest scoring team in the league. Like, before the season, if you told me that's what the tail of the tape would be in a Rams-Jaguars game, that that's just crazy right now. Right, right. Yeah, nobody would have ever thought that either of these teams would be where they are offensively, especially. And, and it, it's amazing to see, you know, the Rams right in the thick of things in their division and the Jaguars actually ahead in their division um, at this point in the season. If you would have asked the Jags fan to this point, where did you think the team would be? Most people would say maybe one one win at the most. So it's surprising to us just as well. <laughs> Well, you guys rank 30th in the past, which is something that we're very familiar with covering the Rams. You know, we've statistically been 32nd in just about all offensive categories for the last few years. And now all of a sudden that's changed for us. So we kind of know where you guys are at. And I feel like the Jaguars, if Bortles can either improve his game or you guys could, you know, finish the season with him and bring in a new quarterback next year that's a 
that's of higher caliber, you guys could literally be a playoff team possibly this year, but next year or the year after that for sure. Because you guys are in the same position offensively. We had Todd Gurley. We weren't able to get him you know, running very well last year because that's all we had. But when, right. but when you have a good running game and you have a good offensive line and you can bring in a quarterback that can actually push the ball down the field and not turn it over, which is what we've been successful with for the most part this year, that's kind of a winning recipe. And you guys are right there with it. I mean, picking up Fournette, I think, was a great land for you guys. You know, obviously leading in rushing yards right now in the league. And so do you think that the Jaguars are playoff caliber this year? Or do you think, you know, that there's a few things that they're going to have to change before they're ready to go? Yeah, I, I do think they're playoff caliber for this reason. And it's because they play in such a weak and, and just a weird division where, you know, just the, the craziest things happen uh, throughout the year. Right now, the Texans, who who won the division last year, are without Whitney Merciless for the year, as well as J.J. Watt. Like, the, these are the weird things that I'm talking about that happen year in and year out in the AFC South. So that defensive unit is at a weakened state. And not only that, the Jaguars have beaten them already once this year. On top of that, their next game when they play the Texans will be at home. So now we're playing a, a defense that isn't nearly as strong as it was the first time we beat them. So the Jaguars could absolutely knock off the Texans. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, how they how they play against the Titans and the Colts. And I mean, just throughout the rest of the season in general. But, yeah, w- when you look at the AFC South, it's just a crazy d- division in general. And almost every year anybody could win it. And, and that certainly seems to be the case as the Jaguars are in the driver's seat for now. Ultimately, time will tell if they can hold on to the to the first place spot in the division. But the, this this, as I said, this AFC South has always been crazy. The Colts are not all that good, in my opinion. Though Jacoby Brissett is better than people give him credit for, and, and the Titans to me are are the guys that you know concern me the most. As uh you know, Marcus Mariota is currently out, but when he gets back. Uh, that's the offense that scares me the most. And if the Jaguars can, you know, beat them in their next meeting and, and maybe the Titans get some losses somewhere in there, I certainly could see the Jaguars winning the AFC South. Well, let's take a quick look at their last game when they played Pittsburgh, which was a great win for you guys. I look at the stats on that game, and it's pretty apparent what happened. You see Bortles going 8 for 14 for 95 yards and an interception. So there wasn't a lot of passing going on there. But then, right. you, then you look down at Leonard Fournette, 28 rushes for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, what basically the tale of that tape, what happened for the Steelers is the Jaguars, it was a trap game for the begin, to begin with for the Steelers because the Jaguars, for one, they flourished in the category that the the Steelers, you know, are strongest in offensively, and that was the pass. The Steelers came into that game, I think they they were like 15th in passing or something like that in the league. And, I mean, clear, cut, and dry, we knew that they loved to pass the ball. And the Jaguars came into that game as the number one passing defense in the league. They're third right now, but they came into that game first in passing defense. And when you look at their front four, which excels at getting pressures. Me and you talked about this, Norm, before the podcast. They're at 20 sacks right now, I think it is. You know, you look at those guys, Dante Fowler and Yannick Ngakwe. 
Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell. Those four alone just create so much havoc for the Steelers to the point where Big Ben was throwing errant throws. It was plenty of batted balls. They even got their hand on, you know, a, a couple hands on him as he was throwing the ball and two sacks as well. And he just looked rushed and flustered in that whole game in general, causing him to throw the five picks, which two of which were taken back for for uh, 12 points, six points apiece. So that is what what really helped the Jaguars offense to get into good field position. And then from there, Leonard Fournette was able to to take advantage of their defense, which, which isn't all that good against the rush. Uh, once again, like I said, this was a trap game from them to the, to begin with. So Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, he got a lot of opportunities from the 50 or, or from, you know, just in Pittsburgh territory in general. And they really flourished off of that the offense, knowing that, you know, the defense was out there fighting so hard to get them in good field position. And they took advantage of each and every moment of it. And uh, you, kudos to Leonard Fournette for going out there, showing out. You know, he, he was a little upset that Pittsburgh saw him as a rookie. And, and I think that kind of fueled him as well. But uh, kudos to him and that offense for getting the job done and just running up the score, if you will, on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Roethlisberger went 33 for 55, 312 yards and five interceptions. And they held Le'Veon Bell to 15 rushing attempts for 47 yards. They obviously could pass the ball and move it, but obviously Ben Roethlisberger made some bad choices with his throws. And then Mm -hmm. you guys stopped the run, which was forcing them to throw those passes. So that made a huge difference in the game. And, And I was really impressed by that game. And suddenly my win meter for the Rams went kind of from being, oh, I think we'll win this game to, whoa, this is going to be a tough game. <laughs> yeah, n- not to cut you off on that, but uh, when you when you look at Big Ben historically against the Jaguars, because they've played, played each other a lot in the last decade, uh, not so much in the last three years, but the last decade, and he historically struggles against them. He at least throws two interceptions to them. This case, it, it was five. And and as for what you were saying about the Jaguars scaring you, yeah, they can appear scary when you look at the games like the Texans game and the, the Steelers game. But then when you turn on the tape of that Jets game, for example, and the Titans game, you see a whole different other team that, that certainly appears beatable. The Rams, you know, battle for the NFC West division lead last week. The Rams played outstanding on defense. You know, Seattle's offense has been worse than in previous years, but their running game is normally non-existent, and the Rams made sure that it remained that way. Passing game, Russell Wilson got going a little bit at times, but, you know, overall, they they did a great job containing him. You know, the Rams made a couple mistakes. They had some muff, they had a muff punt by Tavon Austin. Uh, Todd Gurley should have had a touchdown early in the first quarter. That got fumbled into the end zone thanks to Earl Thomas. Um, and it it was a very, you know, interesting game to see just because kind of the story this year for the Rams in completely different fashion than previous years was that the offense would carry them to remaining in these games and the defense would kind of stutter at times. You know, the 49ers put up 39 points on us. Uh, the Cowboys put up around 30, I believe. And then this game, you know, the Seahawks were gobbled up. Wilson didn't even throw over 200 yards. So Wade Phillips finally brought it on defense, and it'll be interesting to see how he game plans to stop the opposite of this Seattle offense. And Jacksonville, 
who's first in the league in rushing yards a game. And that's probably where the game's going to come down to. On the flip side with our offense, um, Jared Goff has looked great this year, but going up against, which we've discussed, a ridiculously good passing defense in Jacksonville, this game's going to rely on Todd Gurley, who has been dominant for most of the season, but last week only 14 carries for 43 yards. You know, you got to be a little concerned if you're the Rams entering this game. You know, weeks two, three, and four, the Rams weren't exactly going up against elite run defenses, and Gurley tore them up. But week one, only 19 carries for 40 yards, added a little bit more action in the passing game and scored a touchdown. So I think, as with a lot of the games moving forward, Todd Gurley here is going to be the X factor. Um, you know, the Rams are sitting at three and two. The Colts were a weak team. The 49ers were a weak team. Redskins looking pretty good. That was one game we lost. But you look at this last two games, you know, they show that they could light it up when they need to against the Cowboys. They show that they could play defense when they need to against Seattle. And if they kind of combine those two performances and take the good, I think we got a good shot in this game. But it'll definitely be interesting. Two really good up-and-coming teams. Let's go ahead and mention our sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop out there at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, at 92683. You can give a call at 714-894-7267. They are the kings of giving you a haircut in a Rams atmosphere. Sal Martinez, is the owner out there, loves the Rams, been a long-time Rams fan. He has an entire barbershop decorated in Rams garb, Rams memorabilia, Rams everything, and he's more than willing to talk Rams football with you. Ass is giving you a haircut, does a great job, does in all styles, should very affordable. And you know what? If you mention the, the code, the promo code Rams Talk, there might just be a discount there for you. So again, give him a call at 714-894-7267. Get yourself an appointment today. And hey, let us know how, how they do for you, okay? All right, so James, what do the Rams have to do to beat you guys, and what do you guys have to do to beat the Rams? Well, yeah, as, as you all have said, it's, it's lean on Todd Gurley, and, and simply put, because the Jaguars are 31st in against the rush, and before that, they were last, dead last against the rush. And, I mean, a lot of it is probably because they've let off a bunch of huge chunks of yardage as so much opposed to, you know, letting teams chop at them bit by bit with the rush. Uh, but that being said, I, I will say I think they're better than 31st in the league in terms of a rushing defense, but they're far from probably a top 10 rushing defense. Uh, so that being said, I think if there is anywhere that you could take advantage of this defense, it, it is with perhaps Todd Gurley. And as, as we saw with the Steelers, simply put, when the Jaguars force you to pass the ball, which is what they prefer you do, uh, the, the game pretty much falls in their favor because they have so much of a neg negative impact on offenses when the ball is up in the air in terms of pick sixes and, and putting the offense in good field position. So uh, that's, that's what I would recommend. And if I were uh, Sean McVay, I would recommend to Sean McVay to beat this defense. In terms of what Jacksonville has to do, it's kind of what you guys said with the Rams. They have to, pay, they have to play mistake-free because their offense have shown the ability to be mistake-prone. And, and when that happens, that's typically when they lose the game. It's when you, you let Blake Bortles throw the ball more than 22 times and, and you, uh, you, you suffer from fumbles and all of these costly penalties. The Jags are one of the top 
five teams in penalties too, by the way. So, you know, they do a little bit of shooting themselves in the foot as well. So for them, they need to play mistake-free football, play discipline and a clean game and rely on Leonard Fournette uh, to go against the Rams, who I think you all uh, mentioned earlier were like 27th or something against the rush. And you made a good point there about takeaways. You know, you look at the Rams defense, nine takeaways on the year. They're fifth in the league, but Jacksonville's first with 15. And I think, you know, the Rams lost week two to Washington because of a Jared Goff interception. They lost last week in part because of Kayvon Austin's fumble and Todd Gurley's fumble near the end zone. So I think it's safe to say that this game will come down to takeaways. And Jacksonville has, you know, been known to make mistakes in the past. This year doing a lot better. Uh, the Rams on the flip side this year, a minus one turnover differential and fourth in the league with 10 giveaways. So, you know, it, it's safe to say that's what this is going to come down to. And the team that plays cleaner and makes less mistakes, at, you know, as easy as that sounds, is probably going to be the team that walks over the victory here. I kind of see it as the team that can rush the ball better and the defense that can stop the run better is the one that's going to win the game. I mean, I think, as James, as you said, you would prefer to have Jared Goff throwing the ball, and I think we'd like to have Blake Bortles throwing the ball. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes down to it, I think, you know, who who can stop the run and who can run the, the ball? And whoever is successful at doing both of those things, I think, has the best chance to win, as well as not turning over the ball. So the Rams have struggled a lot against the run, and so have the Jaguars. So whose defense is going to step up? And and I'm looking at last week. Seattle's not got the greatest running team right now. And the Rams held them to you know less than 100 yards rushing. And, and that put the ball in Wilson's hands. And we were able to put some pressure on him. So if we can do that against Jacksonville, if we can, if we can stop Fournette, which is going to be a chore, and put the ball in Bortles' hands, I think that's where the Rams get the win. And I think it's exactly the same thing. For the Jaguars, I think if they can stop Todd Gurley and keep him under 100 yards and are able to get Fournette moving and get him over 100 yards for the game, I think that's the easy recipe for a win for either side. I know that both teams have had some big games this year, and that's the you know that's where the I think both these teams need to grow up a little bit, and we're we're starting to see it some, like when the Rams traveled to Dallas and beat the Cowboys at home. That Dallas actually ran the ball really well against the Rams that night, but the Rams still came away with the victory. And you expect them, you know, they beat Dallas at home. Shoot, they're going to be able to go out and run the table. And then the next week they lose to the Seahawks at home. And, you know, same thing with uh, with the Jaguars. They they let uh, Tennessee put up over 30 points against them and take a loss there. But then they go out against the Pittsburgh Steelers and demolish them. So I think which team is going to be the grown-up team, so to speak, which team can stop the run and which team can run the ball and who can put all that together. I think that's where the key is for both teams. Do you have a prediction on this game, James? Uh, no, I've, I've been straying away from predictions uh, this year <laughs> because they've burned me so bad in the past. Uh, when I, when I do corresponding work with Fox sports uh, on Fridays, they always ask me, do a prediction, do a prediction. And I tell them, no, not, not this year because uh, last year, if you look at my predictions last year, they they were just absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about how about this? Let's go with. Uh, do you think it's going to be a low scoring or a high scoring game? I, I think it'll probably be. Both teams will probably have along the lines of twenty one points. I believe. 
in this game. Um, I, I do think, as I told you before, um, I'm, I'm very familiar with Ty Gurley as a Georgia fan, a Georgia native. Um, I, I think that he will, you know, be the kryptonite for the Jags defense. Um, but in the end, I, I think what it'll come down to is maybe home field advantage will maybe be enough to get the Jaguars uh, that extra three points or whatever it is to, to win in uh, Everbank Field. I think we'll see something like 20 to 17, but I'm not sure which team is going to come out on top in that regard. But I think right. pretty low scoring is, but not like nine to three, like classic Fisher ball era. I think it'll be a little higher than that. Me as well. Me as well. I mean, I, it, it really, with the Jaguars, when um, they're in close games, it just come down to that, those last five minutes. For so, And th- I think that might be the case with the Rams. You know, who is the, you know, who makes the la- who makes those plays in the last five minutes of the game? Because it's going to be close, and, and both of these teams are, are super talented. Yeah. I'm, think- yeah. I'm thinking more like 24-21, and I agree. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be not as high scoring for the Rams as it has been. They've been able to move the ball very well, but they haven't been able to put it in the end zone. And so I think 24-21 is a good score. And I'm with you guys. This game's so close, I don't really, I can't really say who's going to win. Uh, week one, I'd have said the Rams. But at this point, I, I, it, it could go either way. And, I, and as we've all talked about, turnovers and who can run the ball and who can make the least amount of mistakes is going to win this game. Well, on that note, James, I really appreciate you joining Steve and I here at Rams Talk. Um, we appreciate you giving us your insight on the on the Jaguars, and we wish you guys a bunch of success this season and would love to see you. Wouldn't it be awesome if we're talking again later in the year when uh, the Rams are playing the Jaguars in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> that would be amazing, man. Like just <laughs> the degree of people that would be against that and would hate to see it and that, uh, the degree of people that wouldn't believe it man it, that would be neat i would love to see it well i don't it i don't would be unbelievable yeah I, both in the playoffs yeah i don't think True. it's True. i don't think it's gonna happen but i would love to see us both there and and it would be great for us to be able to do another podcast again on that subject but best of luck to your team and james thanks again for joining us oh no problem at all gentlemen and um Good luck to you all as well. And uh, as as I said, man, I, I hope you all have a good season as well. Yeah, man. You, you too. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.